Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> What's up, citizens? I am your V podcaster host, Jay Starks, and welcome to the Bingo Book Podcast. We are on episode number 33. <laughs> I keep fucking like five dudes full tray. Wait, hold on. No. We're not on that number yet. <laughs> 33. Of course, this is also the summer 2022 anime discussion finale. Wow. Like we finally made it to this point. Wow. It's some really good anime this season. So we have so many different things planned for you today, but let's go ahead and talk about our summer 2022 anime discussions for our A-side slate. And today's episode, we'll be discussing several topics such as, have you experienced unfair romance? Hmm. For example, someone you cared deeply for but you can never be with? Hmm. That's coming up real soon, y'all. Uh, we'll also be talking about training to gain experience. Yes, experience is important. So you definitely got to make sure you put that on the list. But we'll be also sharing my BBP Summer 2022 anime tier list and taking a look at the anime also for the fall 2022 season, um, you know, for the series that we may be covering here. So yes, you know, your input could also help us in deciding what animes we'll be covering next season. So, um, hey, we'll be discussing this and many, many more topics in today's episode. All right, let's get started with our first anime for discussion in our A-side slate, and that is... You know, every, everything's got to be kind of picture perfect. <laughs> Season two of Classroom of the Elite, episode 12, titled Force Without Wisdom Falls of Its Own Weight. Man, that's, that's a heavy title, man. <laughs> like, super heavy. But in this episode, Kay finds himself in the grips of Ruin, who is slowly torturing her to reveal who the mastermind is that continues to ruin his plans at their school. Ayana Koji walks into the room where Kay is being held hostage in and seemingly is outnumbered by Ruin and his accomplices. However, despite the greater numbers, Ayano Koji makes it clear that there just isn't enough people in that room to take him down in a fight. Now, y'all see this screenshot, y'all? This man has at least three to four people that's ready to fight him. And Ayane Koji's like, um, that ain't enough. <laughs> so it made me think about people that want all the smoke. I wanting all that smoke, right? So now let's be clear. Sometimes people are woofing when they say that they want all the smoke. I'm sure that y'all heard this phrase time in and time again. So we have uh, 30 Black and Nerdy. Okay, I, I see you. I, I, the, a, a new show, it seems like, for YouTube. He says, hey, I haven't seen that one yet, but I should check it out. Yeah, I'm, you know, I, at the end of, towards the end of today's show, I'm going to be covering uh, our summer 2022 tier list. And, you know, that'll pretty much let you know, like, which animes that we covered 
uh, this season that I think you should absolutely watch, uh, maybe put in your to your in your queue, or you should just skip altogether. So, you know, definitely stick around for that. Uh, that'll probably give you some insight of if this anime is even worth your time. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so kind of, you know, when it comes down to wanting all the smoke, you hear um, sometimes people that are woofing, you know, and now woofing, you know, I'm sure some of y'all have come across that phrase a couple of times before. And all that means is a person is all talk, but no actions, like no actions whatsoever, you know, and, uh, the thing about wolfing is uh, it's kind of like capping in a lot of ways, too. You know, just like, oh, you're just saying all these different things, but we know that you're really not going to do anything. But here's the thing. Uh, a little tips for recognizing people that do want all the smoke, and they really are typically about that life. So history, firstly, history. You know, history of someone that never turns down anything. I mean, have y'all met any people like that before? Where it doesn't matter what the situation is, they're ready to go. They're ready to fight. They're ready to throw down. They're ready to talk mess. You know, uh, Jones, Roast, whatever it is. Like, they're always putting themselves on the front line because they want to be a part of whatever is about to go down. They always have to be in the mix. Like, like that type of person that has that history of always being involved in those scenarios, that's probably a good indicator that, hey, they want all the smoke that's coming their way. Now, of course, there's a downside to wanting all the smoke because you're likely going to deal with some consequences. There's going to be some trouble of some sort that's going to come down the turnpike, right? <laughs> hey, Bit, Bit is in the in the chat. He says, "My brother Jay, hey, my brother Bit." Man, I really appreciate y'all coming and showing out. I'm uh, definitely gonna have to check out that Thirty Black and Nerdy with Rudy Winslow. It seems like uh, that's gonna be a pretty pretty interesting show. So I definitely will take some time to check a brother out. Um, so uh, what else? What else? When it comes down to wanting all the smoke, what else could there possibly be to look out for? Uh, for someone that has that trait, um, someone that's always looking for adversity, like, man, like, think about it. If there's someone that you meet and there's like anytime something, um, you know, you're just having a regular, I mean, you could be chilling at a restaurant, having some food, you know, you ordering the waiter comes over, you know, and maybe the waiter is a guy and he gives that he gives that snarky look and has that monotone kind of voice. Like, um, <laughs> he kind of looks at you like, Hey, y'all want to order? All right. What you want? What about you? What you want? You know, they just, they just, <laughs> they just have that attitude, you know? And sometimes you're just like, man, like, why does the dude even bother coming to work if he was just going to act like that the whole time, right? But see, there's that person, that friend, that peer, that someone that you know that's like, oh, I don't know who they think they're talking to because they're surely not talking to me. Because if they were talking, to, if, they, if they think they're talking to me like that, they got another thing coming. Oh, okay. Now they starting mess, going back and forth with the waiter, and now they get into it. Adversity. Now, I'll be honest with y'all, those type of people in my, in my friend group, they don't last that long. 
<laughs> and I'm like, hey, we we trying to go out. We trying to have a good time. Like you know, you you gotta relax. You know, just relax and let us enjoy the the festivities of the day. And trust me, I understand that there's some situations where you just gotta let a person know. Like, look, it is what it is. We gonna just get down. And if if it's gonna happen, we're gonna fight. Then that's what it is. But most of the times. You know, avoiding that adversity and just going the other way is usually going to be the best uh, choice in it all, right? Uh, and then lastly, I feel like uh, a characteristic of somebody that is always wanting all the smoke is a professional instigator. I mean, think about it. Like someone that is constantly trying to egg on a situation and they have no remorse whatsoever. And they're just getting their laugh, their feel, their everything in it. Now, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes instigating is kind of fun. <laughs> because it's like, okay, let me let me poke on this situation and see how far, you know, someone or something is willing to go, you know? And I, I kind of understand kind of that idea of like poking the bear you know and just seeing what's going to happen but it's like you know if you continue to poke that bear especially if it's in a cage it's going to get mad and it's going to try to start trashing the cage and eventually trying to get out to you know tear you apart but yeah i mean a professional instigator is definitely someone that usually wants all the smoke but you got to understand why they want all the smoke it's because they're confident like, if I know that I'm instigating a situation, I'm not, I'm clearly not worried if the scenario gets turned on me because I'm confident that if something, if something was to go down, I'm going to be all for it no matter what. And so if you, if y'all think about anybody that's a professional instigator, they're usually the same type of people that are willing to throw down almost anytime anyways, too. So, you know, that's kind of my thoughts about that. But hey, if you are a person that has uh, been in a situation where you wanted all the smoke, definitely feel free to share that in the comments and chat. Uh, I'd love to hear your, your, your stories. I'm sure that y'all have some of them as well, but <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is my stepdaughters is my step my stepdaughters. <laughs> Bit save me. <laughs> my stepmom's daughter is my ex. Episode 12 titled I Bestow Unto You My First Kiss. Oh, isn't that sweet? Oh, my first kiss. Oh, it's so lovely. <laughs> well, in this episode, Mizuto goes missing during discussions for a family gathering, and Yume becomes concerned and begins her search for him. Now, after discovering him, they begin to reminisce about their first kiss and shared a romantic moment during a fireworks display. Now, I, you know, if you watch uh, anime a lot, then you know that fireworks is kind of a common theme that you see very often. You know, it, it happens very a lot, especially like in romance anime, there's going to be some type of fireworks. If you don't have that, uh, or maybe a beach episode in an anime, then you, you're, you're probably not watching 
uh, a full length ep- uh, anime show. I mean, that's just my thoughts on it. But, uh, but yeah, prior so prior to this scene of them having you know the sharing this kiss and fireworks going off and everything, um, Mizuto sheds a tear, and you know, and in this moment, I'm pretty sure that he's considering um, moments in their relationship and things that could have been, and so maybe think about have you ever experienced an unfair romance because in this circumstance with Mizuto and Yume um it's it's almost like because they became siblings you know their parents end up marrying each other and they became stepbrother and stepsister even though they have this past romance of being boyfriend and girlfriend now they're having to move on and now treat each other as siblings and so um as they're kind of reminiscing about the past and they're talking about things that they could have done or 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 should have done when they were together it's almost like that sad moment of like dang like we could have shared these such amazing moments and or you know i probably i still want to be with you but i can't now and so um yeah i feel like honestly I've I've experienced this so many times when it comes down to unfair romance. And I'll be honest with y'all, it's pretty frustrating. You know, I've had a number of relationships that actually like were really, really good, um, but they just didn't work out for, you know, several different reasons. So, you know, now, firstly, uh, let me give you an example of an unfair romance. So uh, someone that you care deeply for, but can never be with. So if there's anybody that you've been in a relationship with, uh, but for some reason y'all can't, y'all couldn't continue with that relationship or, or actually get together as boyfriend, girlfriend, or married or what have you, that could be a part of what um, you experience as an unfair romance. Now, I personally think a lot of times this happens in long distance relationships. Um, Think about it, you know, circumstances uh, that can't bring you together with another person. And so, uh, you know, I give you all an example of moment like that where I was dating someone that was located in the States and they wanted to be uh, they wanted to eventually move uh, to a state where their child was their, their firstborn child and only child, I should say. And you know, there was a decision that I had to make of, okay, like, am I going to relocate to this state with uh, this person and, you know, try to continue a relationship with them? Or am I going to stay where I'm at and, you know, or go to a, a different situation? And that's kind of the decision that I made. It's like, you know, it's not necessarily beneficial for me to move to a whole nother state that I never like see my life going so i think it's you know best for us to part ways and the sad part about it is like (laughs) i'm sure a lot of y'all probably experience the same thing where it's like you start thinking about okay what if like what if i would have just moved out and moved in with this person in a whole different place like what would that uh life be like what would that situation be like you know and it's kind of like you put it's like a, a world of pain and whirlwind that you put yourself through like dang, like it could have turned out this way and it would have been really, really good. Or you could have been right. And maybe it was, uh, it could have been turned out to be a really bad situation, you know? So I feel like time is such a uh, nuanced uh, 
variable in our lives because in in some ways you look at it as like, dang, like this is, you know, if I spent my time doing this, it could work out and it could be so great. But on the flip side of it, it could be a terrible experience. And you think to yourself, dang, I wasted my time. I could have been doing something much more beneficial for myself, you know? And so, yeah, like, so unfair romance, you know, if you, I'm, if you, I'm not saying that you have to share one of those stories because, you know, some people get the boohooing up in this thing. I just, it ain't fair. It ain't. I'm going to be okay. Yeah, I promise. I'm, 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 I'm all right. All right. Moving on to our next anime for discussion. And that is Vermil in Gold, episode 12, titled Together. Oh, Together. Uh, now, in this episode, Alto and Vermil survived the onslaught brought upon the platinum square named Eoliite or Eolite. I think I said that right. I'm pretty sure Eolite is a, um, an element of some sort. You know what I'm talking about? Like on the periodic timetable? Wait, time, time? No, periodic element table? I don't even be knowing what I be talking about sometimes. <laughs> but either like in his accomplices, they try to stop him. And however, Alto wants to make, uh, or rather not make, but wants to get much stronger in order to protect Vermil and others that he cares about. So as a result, he says, hey, you know what? I want to start training uh, with the student council committee members uh, for our school, whose names is Jessica Schwartz and Chris Westland. Now, during Alto's duel with Chris, which, you know, for those that are watching, um, you know, sorry, listeners, y'all not going to be able to see the um, screenshot, but you see Chris literally like, I don't know, Muay Thai kick. Alto right in his face, you know, right on his neck and drops him on the ground, basically. And so uh, during this duel that Alto has with Chris, she tells Alto that although his magic is very strong, he lacks significantly in physical strength, but also fighting experience. And so, you know, this showcase of her experience is like, boom, like, I, you know, this is how easy it was for me to knock you on your butt, Alto. Like, you got to figure out a way to get stronger on that. And so um, one of the things that uh, she discussed was, you know, training to gain experience, you know. And I, I found that to be like a really important thing because you want to be preparing yourself for real world moments and the best way to go about that is to train to gain that experience in whatever it is that you're uh, involved with so you know let me give y'all an example of that so let's say a person that decides to train and become a competitive deadlift professional now you know there's a process that has to happen before you become a pro now, first, we got to kind of break it down a little bit more of what is the definition of being a professional? Because I feel like we sometimes on social media and things like that, we throw the tag of professional around a lot. Like, oh, I'm a pro gamer or I'm a pro streamer or what have you. But you might not meet those requirements as far as what a professional actually is. So 
here's a term that I looked up to what a professional is. So a professional is engaged in a specified activity as one's main paid occupation rather than a pastime. So think about that main paid occupation. And I feel like most people that are probably, you know, do, doing something that they love or as a pastime uh, and they they have ideas of becoming a professional in whatever field they're working in, they're, it's probably not their main paid job. And so most people, if, if not all, don't get paid automatically when they enter in an activity such as weightlifting, for example. Uh, another example would be a live streamer or a content creator. Uh, it takes many uh, weeks, months, usually years before a content creator or a live streamer can make a career uh, where this is your main paid occupation. So, uh, I mean, I guess if you, well, here's the thing, I, I guess like if you never really had a job in the first place and you know, streaming or content creation is the only source of income for you, then that's kind of a way around that conversation, right? <laughs> So hey, I'm I'm not mad at you. You know, if, if that's if you you're a pro in that aspect, this is your only job, then hey, keep hey, make that make that money. Um, but uh, another thing about training to gain experience is um repetition. You know, repetition generally makes it easier to handle and identify situations. So I mean it only makes sense. If if you've done it a whole bunch of times, uh then you're eventually gonna get you know really good at it and it's gonna become second nature to you. So um, you know, gaining that experience and training for those moments is really, really gonna be important and instrumental in you uh becoming better at whatever field that you're involved with. So, I mean, I, I mean, just here on a BBP, you know, we've been what we've been streaming now for since uh, January. And I feel like each week that we uh, do a live stream, we just get better and better and better. And not only that, but we're behind the scenes. We're looking for ways to get better and better and better. And I'm, I'm always one of those people where I feel like, um, to our audience, uh, to, to people that come by, you know, hey, if you have recommendations or things that you feel that will be, uh, you know, make this show a better experience for you as a listener uh, or even a viewer, you know, if you're looking at our live stream content, you know, feel free to, you know, drop a message on my social media here in our chat. You know, I, I love to hear uh, what things can, we can do to make things better. So, uh, right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is Engage Kiss, episode 12, titled Believe in Him. Oh, believe, believe in him, believe in the brother. <laughs> uh, so in this episode, Shu is working hard to try and defend Byron City from being destroyed by the most powerful demon he has faced so far. Now, knowing that the city could be reduced to rubble, <laughs> reduced to rubble, that, that sounds like such a... Uh, 
Dragon Ball Z type of term, like rubble. I don't know, but uh, you know, so uh, knowing that the city could be reduced to rubble, Akaya and Rob start discussing plans to evacuate the city as soon as possible to avoid what could be their deaths. And you know, I feel like this is a really good time to talk about planning to escape. And uh, you say like, okay, Jay, like why, why is this so important? So we know that every month of the year is some type of special month um, and occasion. And it turns out that September is recognized as the national preparedness month or NPM. And so uh, with that, you know, this is, uh, a month to promote family and community disaster planning now uh, and throughout the rest of the year. So I think this is a really, really important thing that a lot of us should consider. And I, I mean, I'll admit, most of us probably don't consider the importance of being prepared for possible disasters because, I mean, so much of our day-to-day routines and activities make disasters feel like it's impossible to happen. I mean, look, I mean, the day-to-day things that I'm doing, I'm like, okay, is there even a chance that there'll be an active shooter around here or, you know, uh, uh, a blizzard or, you know, a hurricane? I mean, there's so many different events that could happen that could, uh, you know, cause disasters. But, you know, for the most part, I think a lot of us don't even consider that because we're so used to our daily routines, you know? Um, However, you know, I think it's a really good idea to have a plan to escape or at the very least, you know, a plan for survival in, you know, some dire moments. So, you know, here's a few important questions that I found from the ready.gov website that could be helpful uh, in planning a uh, or rather, you know, preparing a plan in a case of some type of disaster that, you know, you or your family or friends may face. Uh, So step number one, put a plan together with your family, friends or household to start your emergency plan. Uh, In that plan, you want to answer questions such as how will I receive emergency alerts and warnings? Now, if if you're someone uh, like myself that has a an iPhone, uh, you get plenty of alerts, <laughs> Amber alerts, which you know is terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And I hope the the kids get found and all that. Uh, but you also get other alerts. Uh, when it comes down to weather and stuff like that, depending on what you sign up for and get notified, you know? And so, um, yeah, how do you, how will you receive emergency alerts and warning? Another question is, what is my evacuation route? Now that to me, like that's something I feel like I commonly do. If I walk into an establishment, like a restaurant or something like that. I'm always kind of like looking for, okay, if something was to break out here, what are, where is my nearest exit? Like, where is my nearest escape route? You know, and I'm kind of plotting this in my head, like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is going to be the scenario. If this happens, this is the world I'll go and how I'll try to be able to protect myself and others. You know, if, if we're in that uh, position where I can help others. Right. Um, then also another question would be, what is my family or household 
communication plan. So how are you and your family members or peers going to communicate with each other when y'all have to execute um, a plan when disaster strikes? And so that's a really, really, really important step, right? Um, step two, consider specific needs in your household. And so some examples of that would be consider different ages of members within your household. So if, you know, if you have someone that is very elderly, uh, maybe they're, you know, up in their nineties, uh, you know, that's something that you're really going to have to consider of like, okay, how am I going to be able to handle this member of my family to ensure that I can get them to safety. Right. Uh, or even someone that's, you know, very, very young age, you know, maybe there's a baby that's only, uh, set, you know, six or seven months old. That really, really changes things of, of like how you would approach uh, a disaster and what you would do to kind of, you know, counter uh, that situation and put y'all in a, a, a safe environment, right? Uh, another thing would be medical needs, uh, which include prescriptions and equipment. So, you know, probably would be good to have uh, some on-hand prescriptions or equipment, just some extra to hold over that family member for a couple days in case of, you know, an urgent situation. Uh, another would be dietary needs. You know, there's some people that maybe they can't eat certain foods or maybe they require certain foods. You know, when you think about, um, you know, I can't think of like the level of um, uh, diabetic uh, patients, but I, I, you know, I think some you know, you know, in, in order to kind of get that boost of energy, they might need something, you know, like chocolate to kind of get them going. It's where they can move a little bit more actively. Now, trust me, this is definitely not uh professional advice that I'm giving you. This is, um, you know, information that I've seen over the internet and also paired with my opinion. So definitely make sure that you seek, uh, you know, professional information from your a doctor, physician, uh, or just speak to someone within a professional field, uh, because <laughs> I definitely don't want to be held accountable for like, oh, like, well, Jay said, uh, because I'm diabetic, I got to eat all this chocolate. Like, no, like, no, that's, that was not, the, that's not the emergency plan here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta kind of scroll back and go back to what are your medical needs, you know? Um, Step three, step three, create a family emergency plan. And so from one to two, that's kind of like a part of like what step three would be. And then step four is to practice your plan with your family or household. And so, yeah, you know, there's many more questions and examples uh, for these four steps that I highly recommend y'all go to the ready.gov backslash plan website and you know check out the full details because this could very well you know help y'all out in a moment that you know you may need to escape a dire situation um you know now this isn't a paid sponsorship or anything like that this is you know really just me looking out like i i really do feel that uh, there's a lot of times where we don't consider our you know things in our day-to-day -day lives and you know one of my um uh, mentors or peers was like, hey, you know, if you got to uh, have a stock of, you know, food, uh, you know, dried food, canned food, um, you know, water, you know, whole, you know, just to kind of 
uh, you know, portion, uh, portion things out for a significant amount of time in case of a bad scenario, uh, you know, prepare like that. And I, I think that that's some actually some really good advice. Now, the, the downside to that is, you know, when you talk about some extra food just lying around somewhere, y'all expect me not to to eat that food, especially if 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 we ran out of stuff and I might not uh, feel up to the challenge of driving to the grocery store to get more food, uh, you know, them rations going to become kind of short over time. You feel me? <laughs> but, uh, all right, let's go ahead and move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is... Season four of Overlord, episode 12, titled Invasion of the Royal Capital. Oh, whoa, whoa there. Whoa there. Don't go there. Uh, yeah, in this episode, Ains discusses plans of how to approach powerful foes trying to protect the Baharuth Empire with his disciples. Um, during this invasion at the royal capital, Ains deploys Kakutas, who is later greeted by Brain Unglaus, to a fight to the death. Whoa. So, recognizing Brain's honor uh, as a warrior, Kakutas fights him with what appears to be the strongest weapon in his arsenal in respect to his battle with Brain. So, you know, those that are um, watching our live stream, you'll see, you know, uh, is kind of cocking back his sword, you know, has his sword like way up in the air while uh, Brain is kind of preparing himself. And, you know, yeah, it made me, you know, to consider respecting your opponent. You know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, there's such a small thing that we don't necessarily think about. But, you know, if you played, uh, you know, organized sports or being a part of a team and uh, then you know that you know respecting your opponent or, or teammate or whatnot those like all of those things kind of fall into place uh together and so i, I feel like uh, one of the bigger points when it comes down to uh, respecting your opponent is courtesy like the courtesy that comes out of when you do respect your opponent you know when y'all are exchanging uh, pleasantries and you know uh, it's kind of like that game recognized game uh, that that common courtesy that is shown goes a long way you know and it makes both people feel like hey like we're um, you know being recognized for what we're doing and we both appreciate what the work that we put into uh, this type of this type of event uh, another thing would be recognizing skill like skill like if hey like if i'm if i'm someone that respects you as an opponent it's it's likely because i think that you're skillful you're really good at what you do you know maybe um the work that you put in is something significant to where it's like dang i like i just recognize your skill for what it is um but also in that skill you also have to consider the hard work and or effort uh, that a person put in to preparing uh, to get good and gain that skill. Now, don't get me wrong. Like there are some people that are just naturally skillful or naturally good at something. And that's not, I mean, that, believe it or not, that's not everybody. I, I feel like 
most people have that one thing that they're really good at, but the rest of the things that they uh, are good at is because they had to learn over time. They had to keep training. They had to keep working at it to become more effective and efficient at it. You know, um, what else? I, I say probably like consider, you know, who may be watching. I feel like that's such a, that's a really, really big, important thing, uh, especially like the way I think about it when it comes down to our youth for children. It's like, you know, you want to show respect to your opponent and that courtesy and everything, because, you know, if, if the young, younger generation, if they're watching, you know, you got kids that are like five, six years old, they're watching and they see that you're treating a person with respect um, and, you know, you're not la loud mouth or bashing them or anything. They'll most likely try to repeat that those same type of um common courtesies um, because they feel like they they recognize that that's the right thing to do and but you have the other side of the coin where if somebody's loud obnoxious ranty rude you know saying just crazy like off the wall bat stuff then they might take that and run with it and feel like hey you know what i'm gonna uh, you know, continue the same cycle and bow, bad mouth and say things that's, uh, you know, really rude and looks bad for the sport or, uh, you know, or whatever the event that that person is a part of. And so, you know, you definitely want to temper those type of uh, expectations. Uh, and then also others will continue to honor the sport uh, or event in a respectful manner. And that kind of ties into uh, you know, others that may be watching. I mean, think about it. You know, when you see someone that's in a sport and they're so graceful at what they do, you're like in awe, like, man, this person is such a class act. And, um, you know, they, they make, they make the sport look really, really good. And, but you also got to think about the, um, accolades that kind of get tied in with that and the benefits that get tied in with it too. It's like, if you have this, squeaky clean kind of persona or what have you then most likely you're going to be aligned with uh sponsorships or companies that want to work with you because they don't have to worry about um you alienating their product or you know or making the sport look bad or saying anything that could like come down on them and make them lose money if anything aligning with you will make them more money in the end. So, uh, and that's kind of how I feel about what our podcast will BBP. Like, um, it's really kind of a reflection of my personality. I'm, I'm a, I, I like to think that I'm a very uh, nice, sincere, uh, empathetic person, um, but I don't use a lot of profanity. I don't cuss a lot. Um, you know, it's, it's usually in those engagement, engaging moments where, uh, we're talking about something and I might be like super passionate about it and I might cuss, you know, but then, but I, I just don't really do it that often. So uh, I, you know, in that, I feel like I probably have more opportunities to work with other people and that's a good thing. <laughs> Chasing the bag in every, each and every way possible, you know? 
But all right. Well, hey, I am going to take a short break. And when we return, we'll be continuing with our side B slate of our anime discussions. And we'll also have our tier list for the BBP Summer 2022 anime, along with a preview into our anime for fall 2022. <laughs> All right, we are back, citizens. If you are a new listener or watcher of our live stream content, I am your V podcaster host, Jay Starks, and welcome to the Bingo Book Podcast. We are on episode number 33, which is our summer 2022 anime discussion finale. Hey. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, after this episode, we'll probably be gone for um, a couple weeks, but we will definitely be back in a return for the fall 2022 anime season uh but hey let's go ahead and get into our summer 2022 anime discussion for our b-side slate uh and in this part of the episode we'll be discussing several topics such as the truth about fun oh now it it pains me to have to share this with y'all but i have to be honest fun comes with a price it does. It really does. Um, we'll also be discussing the importance of living in a new scenery. Oh, y'all, y'all want to go to Dubai with me too? Or how about Hawaii? <laughs> hey, the tickets on you. I'm not trying to pay nothing, but you know, y'all want me to go? I'll go. <laughs> we'll also be sharing my BBP Summer 22 anime tier list and taking a look at the anime for the fall 2022 season for a series we may be covering here so you know of course once again your input could help us decide on what animes to watch next season so definitely feel free to stick around and put your comments in the chat or in the um comments you know you know we we definitely want to know what y'all think we should watch for the next season but we'll be discussing this and many many more topics in today's episode so let's not waste any more time and hop right up into it we will start with our first well i shouldn't say first but <laughs> we will start with our next anime for discussion and that is Season two of Shadow's House, episode 12, titled Those Who Fight Back. Fight the power. Hey, man. Jam. Jam. Uh, in this episode, with Mary Rose and Rosemary missing, the Star Bears leader, Barbara, selects a new team member for portions of the groups uh, within the uh, child wing. And as a result of this, Shadow Kate and Human Doll Emilico are selected to become the leaders for Team 10. Now, with this new position, Emilico faces a lot of pressure and decisions in this leadership role. So, yeah, you know, the uh, idea of becoming a team leader, like, let's let's talk about that, you know, now, you know. Becoming a team leader, you know, I, I definitely will say that not everyone um, should be elevated to this role. 
um, because not everybody has leadership skills. Now, here's the thing, you know, there's a, another side to it where it's like, okay, well, how can they gain those leadership skills if they're not put in a position to where they can become a leader? You know, and like, like, what, like, where would they get these skills if they're not kind of trained over time? But I got to say, you know, and, and I think that a lot of you would agree with me that um, leadership skills comes to most people like with like naturally, and you know, like you over time and, and dealing with other people or what have you, like you start to um, receive these type of uh, attributes that allow you to be a really good team leader. But, you know, let's talk about some of the things that you'll go through in becoming a team leader. And so the first thing is difficulty of multitasking. You know, that is definitely something that if you are a leader of some sort and almost every aspect, you're going to have to be willing to multitask and, and balance several different things. And, you know, for some people, multitasking can be a very, like, complex and difficult thing to do. And so, I mean, for myself, you know, I, I, I like to think that I'm decent in multitasking, but I'm very much, like, laser focused on one thing and then I move to another. It's like I kind of, like, work on a, a time thing of, like, if I can just complete this one thing, then I'll move on to the next. And I'd say, like, more times than none, you know, if I'm not able to complete something that kind of like throws off my schedule a little bit and I, now I'm having more difficulty trying to get to the next task because in my mind, for me to be able to move on, I need to complete whatever the first thing is or the most important thing that I was working on, you know? So, hey, if you are similar to me in that aspect, hey, I, I feel your pain, you know, you, you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing is managing multiple people. Like, I mean, we talked about multitasking, but when you put people in the mix of this, oh my goodness, it just becomes a whole different, it's a game changer. Like it really is different. Um, you have to deal with uh, several personalities, you know, and not everybody has the same personality. And so because of that, you have to kind of, be a little bit more sensitive and empathetic about how you approach each and every person individually. Then you also have different strengths and weaknesses of these people that you have to consider too. And so, for example, you know, I might, if somebody's really good at typing, like they type very fast, uh, but they're not very, you know, good at communicating something effectively then, you know, it kind of makes no sense to put them in a situation where they are um, having to do a speech in front of a whole bunch of people. You know, they might be better served in a role where maybe they're recording that conversation, you know, that speech that's happening and, you know, all the events that happen within that day because they're able to type so fast. So, you know, you definitely have to consider uh, that as well. But I mean, on the flip side of that too, uh, it's also about empowering people as well. You know, there is sometimes uh, you recognize a person's weakness and you say, Hey, you know what? I, you know, I recognize that you're 
weak in this area. So this is what we're going to do. We got I got a plan uh, and position to where you'll work in these in this area. And this should help you get stronger at this. But we're not going to leave you alone. You know, we're going to give you assistance throughout this process in hopes that you'll become better at this task over time. So, yeah, you know, like that, that's uh, to me. A good leader, a good team leader would do something of that sort, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I say another thing when it comes down to strengths and weaknesses, you know, I have, uh, <laughs> for me personally, I have terrible, terrible memory. I mean, at this point, I am a world-class forgetter. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, so, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, don't challenge me uh, with providing, you know, me with information on something that we discussed several months ago or even years ago, because there's a likely chance that I am going to completely forget about it. And, you know, I'm going to need a nice refresher uh, to recall that, you know, said information. So, yeah, like, <laughs> and Bit, you know, and then and, and, uh, Cosmo, if he was in the chat, they both definitely will say yes. You know, he he definitely is a world-class forgetter, but hey, we work with him. We we work with him and we find ways to to do good stuff. <laughs> um, also leadership style, you know, in this episode, uh Emilico recognized the efforts of one of her team members and gave them time to recuperate, although it meant that the rest of the team may have to work harder to make up for their absence and that's something that i would say probably doesn't happen it does happen you know i would say kind of frequently in um workplaces where you know maybe someone has taken significant time off of work because uh maybe they are pregnant or are going through their pregnancy and on maternity leave or um, maybe they had a family emergency where they were going to be out for a while. And so now it's like, OK, well, there's plans that this person will eventually come back uh, to their job. But in the meantime, you know, we're going to have to work around the situation. And so that typically means that the workers are going to have to, um, you know, pick up the slack or so to speak, like take on uh, that missing person's duties and so that causes extra work for uh one person a couple people i mean i've seen so many different examples of <laughs> of how that work gets kind of sorted out and you know hopefully you have a, a team that's you know kind of like with emilico where she says okay everybody we're going to get a piece and try to like help out you know and, and take on this person's um duties and and even though it's a little bit more work for everybody else you know every you know not one person is getting taxed to death uh for us you know for a, a person's um uh missing out in action so yeah yeah definitely you know if, <laughs> if you have had experiences as a team leader uh or know you know some uh instances where team leading didn't work out too well definitely feel free to share some of those experiences it's it could be bad but but i say this you know when you have good leadership good team leaders hold on to them dearly hold on to them tight because you, when they go missing things 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 get bad generally you know but hopefully you don't have to but hold in through that so you don't have to go through that <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next anime for discussion. 
And that is When Will Ayamu Make His Move? Episode 12 titled I Want to Win and Tell You How I Feel, Senpai. Um, now, in this episode, Urushi is on the last day of her four-day trip to Nara with her school friends Maki, Hinano, and Miku. Um, as they're planning to return back home, a man accidentally bumped into Urushi, causing her to drop and lose a special item that was given to her from Ayamu. Now, after recognizing that she lost this item, she begins to frantically retract her steps in efforts to find the special item she lost. Now, uh, when you're when you're finding something that you, or rather, found something that you lost, I find that like retracing your steps is such a really good tactic. Now, here's the thing: what's interesting is. You know, I told y'all before that my I have terrible, terrible memory, right? <laughs> but I'm generally the person that knows where every item in my household is. Like, it's crazy. Like, so if, if something was to go missing in my place, I generally know, like, instantly, like, oh, okay, like, this is gone. Like, what happened? You know, and try to figure out where, where that item was, you know, misplaced or what have you. And I don't know. It's, it's like the weirdest thing ever. It's almost like um, Spidey sense in a way. It's like, whoa, something feels out of place here. Boom. I identify what it is. And, you know, we try to to, to figure out uh, how can we remedy this situation. Right. Um, but also feeling the feeling that you get when finding you lo- uh, what you lost. So, you know, imagine you know, searching for something for so long and you finally come across and you find it and you really needed that item. I mean, it feels like you conquered a mountain, you know? <laughs> it just feels great, you know? It feels awesome. But, you know, I, I give y'all a story for me and this is, disclaimer, this is, uh, this didn't turn out good, but I remember uh, coming back from my travels from Japan uh, one over the summer one year and, I was searching through boxes, a whole bunch of boxes because I lost my passport and my passport had hella stamps, like crazy stamps. And I just like, in my mind, I'm just like, I don't want to lose this because it's, you know, it's kind of a, it's memorabilia in a way, even though it's like another part of like how I can identify myself as far as ID goes, but it's also memorabilia of like, memories of where I, I I went, you know, where I traveled to. And that was, I, I felt it was really very important and uh, special to me. So I'm looking through all these boxes, everything, my whole place. I'm just tearing up the house, basically trying to find this passport. Still couldn't find it. So I, you know, I end up going to uh, the airport that I had last um, traveled out of several times to see if they came up with anything, but nope unfortunately did not find my original passport and to this day like i'm still saddened that i will never be able to recover that passport and see here's the thing i feel like it's moments like that where it's like it's probably in the most obscure like random place and i'll never know until like i you know a scenario comes up where i have to do that you know 
It's crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, also, uh, I feel like another thing when it comes out to finding something you lost, and I'm sure all of y'all are or uh, have experiences before, lose change in a couch <laughs> or, or finding something outside, you know, in a random like public place outside, you know. Now, here's the thing, like if if it's if I find like some money or something or a wallet or something inside of a place, then I'm absolutely going to return it to the front counter and report it missing. But um, if it's something like a $20 bill that's just outside and it's straight up just chilling on the ground, I mean, I'm sorry, but that's mine, bro. <laughs> that, 20, that, that 20 is officially mine now. <laughs> I mean, hey, I this is the way I think about it. If I just walk past this $20 bill, the next person that's going to come behind me that sees it is going to pocket it most likely and use it for whatever they want to do with it. So why not me? <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is... Y'all like Jay? Mm-mm-mm. He just be thieving, thievery. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's, it's, hey, I, I do a good deed if the situation calls for a good deed, but, um, you know, a random money just kind of lying around a place is literally the spirits saying, get it, you know, this is yours, Jay. Take it, take it. <laughs> All right. Our next anime for discussion is. Call of the Night, episode 12, titled Twelfth Night, My Mom's Out Tonight. Now, this the title actually didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. I thought that Cole was going to end up seeing his mom out at night somewhere, but it definitely was not that at all. Uh, so in this episode, Cole revisits Anko Yujuisu. Um, I'm pretty sure I said that all wrong. Uguisu, uh, the private detective that specializes in cases involving vampires and knowing the secrets of them and how to kill them. And so she pretty much, you know, Cole pretty much tracks her down because he wants to ask her some more questions about vampires. However, Anko disrupts his questions and puts him in a bad situation by calling the cops to report him as a missing child. So imagine like speaking to someone and like you just, you got these burning fiery questions that you want to ask them because they seem to be so knowledgeable. And then all of a sudden they're like, uh, I'm calling the cops on you because you don't, you shouldn't be out here at night. And um, I'm going to make this even more difficult for you of what you're trying to do out here at nighttime. Now, I mean, y'all shouldn't be out there just roaming the streets at night anyways, but I digress. <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, she calls the cops and reports him as a missing child. And uh, this causes Cole to run away and reconsider if he should meet up with Nazuna. And so, you know, eventually he reaches her and he says, hey, you know, I want you to come to my house and, you know, I want to talk about some things. And so he tells her reasons why he wants to become a vampire, but he also is now uncertain if his reasoning for becoming a vampire 
is any good at all. And so Nazuna tells Cole her truth when it comes down to what she thinks about being a vampire. And she says being a vampire is actually boring. Da, da, da. <laughs> so yeah, it, it really made it like her saying that it just, it was so deflating because it's like, dang, like she's, she's actually talking a lot about how, how we kind of operate in our day to day. And that's the truth about fun. Like what is the truth about fun? So now Zuna said something that I think will really hurt a lot of people who watch this episode's feelings. Um, but I really believe it to be very, very true. Uh, and that is anything that you do will eventually become less fun over time. Now let me let me let me stop and rephrase that one more time. Anything you do will eventually become less fun over time. Oh, that bites, man. <laughs> oh, that bite. That's sad. That's sad. That hurt. That hurt. That 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 <laughs> that hurts because it's like you hear that and you're like. You want to fight it off because you think about the moments when you enjoy yourself and you have so much fun. But that reality, like that reality check of like, dang, it's true because generally nothing will compare to the first feeling you get from, you know, an entertaining, amusing or amusing situation. So imagine playing, um, you know, one of your uh, favorite video games for the first time that feeling that you got the first time you played uh, or did something like significant to where you are like, Oh, like I'm skilled or I'm good. or I'm having so much fun at that very moment. It's hard to kind of like top that, like top that fun. And so at some point you're going to get to like peak peak fun, like the top, the top of your fun. And eventually like things are going to start coming downhill. Now, I, to counter kind of counteract that, I feel like what makes, um, at least like from video games perspective, like what makes uh, that a little bit more enjoyable is most games today have a lot of updates to them. So when you think about a game like Fortnite, for example, you have these different seasons and each season that gets updated and rolled out has some type of new element uh, you know, new meta that kind of changes, you know, how the game is played uh, and it really kind of like visually or just playing it makes the game more fun. So it's almost like the game becomes reinvented. Now, the downside to that is that game might, you know, when they put that update out, it could end up tanking the game and making it very unfun to play. And, you know, I've seen time after time where it's like, oh, there was this new update and it's whack and I don't want to play this anymore. You know, I've, I've definitely seen that a, a lot, but I've also seen where an update came and it literally was like the most fun that, you know, you, you've had in a long time, you know, or uh, tops, whatever um, the, the past uh, version of the game was before. Uh, so Cosmo, hey, what's up, Cos? Cos says uh, the first time is always the best, usually. Yeah, and that's that's true, you know. And but and that's what's so devastating about the truth about fun is that you know you're 
it, it's it's like you're trying to replicate that feeling or that uh, dopamine, serotonin, whatever that hit that you get uh, chemically in your brain that makes you feel so good about that moment that you are playing. Um, you know, it's it's something that you you kind of try to strive for and relive and make new moments that kind of give you that same or if not better feeling. So yeah, it can could be kind of tough sometimes with that but um now you know here's the thing i've seen on social media friends who talk recently about not enjoying video games uh, at the moment and but also you know possibly experiencing burnout and you know that burnout definitely does happen like sometimes you can be involved with something for so long and eventually you know it's just it's too draining you know you don't want to uh, be involved with it for a, a length of time. So you may take a year break, you know, a couple months break and come back. And that could be the spark that you needed to kind of rejuvenate and revigorate yourself to enjoying the game or uh, whatever talent that you may have that you want to, you know, use that for again. So, um, but, you know, even myself, you know, I, I love playing video games, but I find myself, you know, today, like I have a very, very focused, small catalog of games that I, I actually enjoy playing. You know, there was a time years ago where I felt like I was playing literally every new game that came out on the market. And <laughs> nine times out of 10, like that game never got beat. You know, I played maybe like the first hour of the game and never touched the game again. And it's like, Let's think about like that money. If I was to like use that to invest in some stocks or something instead, like I'd have way more money probably. <laughs> Kyle says, yeah, like the Witcher three, shake my head. <laughs> and, and here's the thing about it. Like, and this is the kicker, uh, at least for like the video games that I play. I actually really love playing the games. Like Witcher 3 was badass. Like that any I say anybody that got to experience playing that game uh I say 90% of people love that game, you know. And games that are like that, you know, God of War. I had a lot of fun playing that game, but you know, I get to moments where it might be a little bit too difficult and I might have to spend a lot more time trying to get through it and at that point I've kind of unconsciously thinking like this is gonna this is taking too much of my time and effort i'd much rather play a game that gives me like automatic gratification like a rocket league for example where it's an exhibition you know exhibition game where i go against an opponent i play it if i win or lose whatever but i get that uh quick uh satisfaction right then there whereas with campaign games most likely you know, you it takes it's like periods of times where you get a lot of satisfaction or just even just kind of being in like involved in um emerged in the environment. Like I find that to be enjoyable too. Like when I played um oh Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I think that's the one. Man, like it's this whole like Greek era where, you know, you're kind of like the 300 Spartans kind of theme to it. And you get to ride on these ships and everything. Uh, that was just a, a ton of fun. And I, I really enjoyed that game visually. It was very breathtaking. And, and the fact that you're on this ship and 
uh, your comrades are singing these songs and stuff. It's like that immersive type of feeling is great, but man, it's so short lived. I don't know why, but for some reason I get, I get burnt out on that uh, campaign experience. And I'm like, okay, I need my, I need my instant gratification juice again. <laughs> uh, Cosmo says uh, Assassin's Creed unity. Yeah. Assassin's Creed unity was actually a fun experience too. Until um, a certain someone ruined the experience, uh, but but also you know we I gotta give some um, I gotta bash Ubisoft a little bit on that too because the game was glitchy it had so it had issues of its own too and so it was it was it was it, it was a whole bunch of different things that caused it to be kind of a poor experience but I think ultimately we all, most people that play the game agree that that was a really good concept. They just got to find a way to like improve that whole system and it'll eventually will take off, but okay. All right, let's go on to our next anime for discussion. And that is Lycoris recoil episode 13 titled recoil of Lycoris. <laughs> you know, this this was such a Peter Griffin moment because the title Recoil of Lycoris and the, the anime is called Lycoris Recoil. It's like he there, he like he he said it. <laughs> he, he did it. Like you, you hear that? Like I I really had one of those moments. I was like, oh, like, okay, we here, we here now. But uh in this episode, after an all-out battle with Majima, Chisato and the Lyco Cafe gang decide to relocate to Hawaii where they sell their food and drinks while apparently offer assistance to locals in the area. So when I say uh, providing assistance to locals, I mean like um, uh, assassination, high rank, you know, uh, mission type of stuff. And I mean, assassination might not be the proper word because um, Chisato is a very anti-kill type of type of character but yeah y'all y'all understand what i mean but yeah the importance of living in a new scenery so you know i apologize in advance to our dsp listeners because you're not going to get to see this beautiful screenshot of chisato in her whole hawaii gig and she looks absolutely stunning and we have takina who is um in her overalls <laughs> coveralls <laughs> and i mean she's cute as can be too but i mean chisato just she's just, just so adorable but yeah you know and and i you know in this episode chisato she made it seem so easy uh that moving to a new location will be a great experience for her so that she's not having to soak about the past because think about it you know she had uh, these scenarios where she had this big on on uh, fight with Majima, and uh, you know m- you know people along the way died from the situation. Someone that she really really cared for, that she looked up to, uh, passed away as well. And so you know to not have to think about the past so much or soak over the past, uh, she's like, hey, you know what? I need a, a change of scenery. Like let's go to Hawaii, and that idea of like hey let's if 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 we want something better for ourselves just do it like it it really is that easy honestly it really is that easy but at the same time 
it's not that easy. I mean, we know that uh, finances is definitely an uh, important part when it comes down to being able to relocate and stuff like that. But man, sometimes, sometimes you gotta, you gotta pull it all on, on number nine, you know, and, and go for it, you know, and, and that might mean, um, living out of your car or, uh, you know, eating very, very cheap products, uh, that might not be as filling until you're able to put yourself in a position to, um, care for yourself. Now I'm definitely not saying that, you should do that because I, I'm very much an advocate for planning, like plan, 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 um, you know, put something together and work towards small goals to get to your greater goal in the end. That's kind of like, that's my method and the way I attack life. Um, but there are some moments in life where, you know, you need to kind of make that instant uh, decision because it could be that valuable for you you know later on in life and so I, I feel like if you're someone that is a go-getter you're active you're hardworking, and everything else if you go to some other place uh you're eventually going to get it together pr you know pretty fast um, because of that drive that you have and you know that could be a good thing for you you know and i you know an example would be uh, one of my best friends lived in a state uh in a very small town and he just outgrew the place. You know, he wanted to live in a place that offered more opportunities and he just seized the moment. You know, he saved up a little bit of money. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was enough for him to get by for probably maybe a month. And he left, the, you know, his his hometown and moved uh, a ton of states over. Uh, and uh, he, you know, really made the best out of his situation and and life has been pretty much good for him since he's made that decision he's always kind of looked forward to you know completing the goals he set for himself and once he crushed those goals uh, he set some new ones and um, really set his life in a in a really good balanced um great situation so hey you know if if you're out there uh you know and you're someone that's listening and thinking about uh, you know, taking on uh, a, a new scenery because you feel like it's something that you need uh, to move forward in your life. Hey, you know, I 1000% support you. And, you know, hopefully you have a, a good plan and support system in place to help you along with that. But if not, you know, if it's all on you, uh, hey, you know, just take your time, you know, be diligent about it. And, you know, hopefully, you know, if you already have a job, maybe you're in a situation where you can transfer somewhere. I mean, there's a ton of different uh, options out there. I mean, there might even be uh, assistance that you can get from the state or city that could be provided to you as well. So, I mean, I'll be honest with y'all. Like if I didn't have it all and I was really trying to get out of a situation that was bad for me, I wouldn't look, I wouldn't look past like contacting a, a shelter and saying, Hey, like, this is my situation. I have a great work history, but I'm not going to be able to afford blah, 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 and see what happens. And you never know, like somebody might just be a very good human being and say, Hey, like, I'll take you in, you know, all I'll ask for is you do a, B and C. Now, of course, like, you know, a, B and C, you need to evaluate what those things are because you don't want to be doing something strange for a little bit of change. Uh, but you, then again, you might want to do strange things for change. <laughs>
<laughs> all right uh but yeah new scenery you know I, I definitely think that it's uh very important and you know hey if, if y'all are out there and if you recently moved to somewhere that you really loved or uh maybe you don't love it you really it's just it was just a nice uh switch up until you're able to move to that greater place uh, definitely feel free to share that experience with us in the chat or in the comments okay moving on to our next anime for discussion and this is our last anime for discussion in our summer 2022 anime slate wow that's that's crazy it's, it's almost want to bring a brother to tears you know but uh all right here we go and that is Season four of Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon, episode 10, titled Juggernaut, The Destroyer. Oh, The Destroyer. Oh, Juggernaut. Speaking of Juggernaut, Big Roku is in a building. I, I don't have sound effects, so I was going, I, I in my mind, you're getting bells, sirens, all that different stuff. So, yeah, big, big shout out to Roku. That's the homie right there, bro. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm chilling, man. We uh we here. We're talking uh, about some anime, and you know we're just covering uh, just different things. You know, I, this this show for the most part is, I mean, it's you know I like to talk about life experiences. I like to talk about um i ideas, theories, um character development, like all types of stuff. So uh, that's kind of it's it's kind of variety that way, but. I feel like with the BBP, you know, you're coming on this set, uh, you know, most people will be able to understand like what we're discussing. So, yeah. Uh, so Roku says, bro, every time I seen you on the last few weeks, I've been working on mad busy. Oh, that's all okay. So I'm glad I caught you now. Hey, I, hey, love, bro. Love. I, I appreciate that. And but now I but see, here's the thing. It's the same for me. Like, I'm like, I kid you not. I've been grinding and working so hard, like trying to do like content creation. And here's the thing, like I used to do uh, the shows on Wednesdays and Saturdays, but we moved everything to Saturday because that's how like jam packed my schedule is during the week, you know, with my job and everything else. So it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. You know, the grind is tough, but I, you know, I definitely try to support and show up when I can. And I, you know, for me, when I see you go on, I mean, it's usually like really like early mornings. Like, I don't know. I've been seeing you doing like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. type shows. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm slobbering in my bed by that time. <laughs> but I'll, I'll catch a vibe every now and again. Um, or, uh, when I do tune in, I'll I'll lurk you sometimes too. And so I, I don't know. I try not to be like weird or creepy. I mean, that's really like my goal. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, season four of Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Episode 10, titled The Juggernaut, The Destroyer. Now, in this episode, Belle faces an unknown, very powerful creature for the first time in efforts to save everyone between floor 24 and 27 of the dungeon. And so the idea here is, you know, dealing with an anomaly, like, dang, like dealing with an anomaly, something that is kind of unforeseen, it's rare, uh, unique. It, it doesn't happen 
very often. And that's kind of what Bell had to face in this, this episode where there's this unknown, very powerful creature that's literally just slaughtering everything moving. I'm like, dang, like y'all better get out of there, honey. Like, trust me, it, it ain't, that is not no fun place to be. I ain't gonna like, it's moments like that where I feel like, um, it's moments like that where I feel like someone fainting, fainting just from like the sheer shock of it. That is, this is literally one of those moments. Like it makes perfect sense to me. And I absolutely, but um, Roku says, Hey, do you put the pod on YouTube as well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pod is everywhere. You can uh, watch it on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, uh, and you can also listen to episodes on streaming services. So Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, what else do we have? Uh, what's that? Google, Apple Podcasts. I mean, we're, we're pretty much everywhere. Any, anywhere you can get the pod, like, we're there. Like, and it's it's amazing. But, but here's the thing, though. The, there is a difference between our audio version and our video version. Um, the audio version, I cover like specifically like the discussions, the topics that we discuss, but I have other content that we do that's exclusive to the live stream as well. So when we do our character analysis and we break down like seven different attributes uh, and pretty much like rank, like how strong we think a character is and give a little bit about their backstory and how intelligent and stuff that they are. Um, that's something that it doesn't translate well to the audio. So it just makes perfect sense to have that exclusively for uh video. And, um, even like right now, like what's to come, I'm going to be doing uh, a tier list for, uh, the summer 2022 anime. And so I, I feel like our listeners, like they'll definitely want to tune in and watch the, the live stream for that because, you know, it just wouldn't sound good. Me kind of talking about a tier list that you can't really see you know, through the audio. So I just felt like that was the best way for us to go. But yeah, man, hey, I appreciate the props. Thanks, Roku. Uh, but yeah, you know, dealing with an anomaly, you know, um, it's it's a really unique uh, item that you don't see too often. But how do you deal with an anomaly? Like, how, I mean, is there even a way to be prepared for such a thing? And it kind of goes back to a little bit of what we were discussing earlier with this month being deemed as National Preparedness Month. And so, you know, do you have items in place to be prepared for something that is a very unique circumstance, you know? And I, I feel like that's a part of that preparedness that could happen. It's like, you know, if um, if I'm going into the, a dungeon, you know, I have to know that, look, anything is bound to happen. So what can we do to have an escape route? Uh, but when you have someone like Bell on your team that, um, you know, I guess feels like he could just do it all. You know, I'm, I'm here. I'm strong. I'm going to protect everybody. Man, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs and all you're going to see is wind. <laughs> <laughs> y'all gonna y'all be looking around like dang I ain't think Jay could run that fast <laughs> y'all gonna be like oh okay so that that's the reason why he wears some type of sneakers all day every day oh yeah that make it makes perfect sense you gotta you gotta be prepared for those type of situations man and um 
you know but here's there's also thing about an anomaly like um sometimes you can't prepare for those situations and you just gotta have to make an on the fly decision and and hopefully you're really good at making those quick decisions i i give y'all a a really really good example of something i went through years ago where i was driving in um the rain like it was raining like really really bad uh in the town i was i was driving to because i was trying to go to a recording studio and this dude he had this really badass recording studio and i was like really excited i, I tried my best contacting this man almost every day every other day like for weeks i say at least like three weeks i was contacting this man to record studio time and um long story short with that i'm, I'm as I, I decide you know what let me just travel to this guy's place and knock on his door and you know ask like hey like what's up like why why aren't you picking up the phone and allowing others you know people to try to book you well as i'm traveling to this place it's raining really really bad so i get to the place um i ring on the doorbell and it turns out like the 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 studio is downstairs in a bank it's like a big bank building but y'all know like a lot of banks there's multiple different types of like businesses in them so the second floor might be like insurance company the third floor might be um i don't know um uh, renters or something like that uh or, or real estate agents i mean it just depends but at the uh basement floor of this building that's where the studio was located at and i ring the doorbell nobody picks up the, the uh, nobody answers and so i'm like man like what's going on like I, I don't understand like where is this guy at like there's no notice of being out of town nothing like that so i'm sad i'm upset that i drove all these hours to get to this place and i'm headed back home and it's raining really bad like cats and dogs <laughs> and mind you i only had my license at the time for maybe three months maybe four months so i was still pretty like like fresh at driving i would say and i'm i go up this hill but i didn't realize like the like this the the fall down was like really really steep going down the hill and i like i'm but i'm going like below the speed limit like at least 10 to 20 miles below the speed limit because it's raining so bad and my car starts hydroplaning uh, down this hill, and it's a two-way street, so a street where cars are ongoing, like going straight, and then traffic is coming um, towards us. So only well, two ways, right? And I'm hydroplaning down this thing. I, I automatically realized that's what was going on as I'm like tapping my my pedal. Uh, of, of my car and it's not catching it's not catching and i i, I promise y'all i i really feel like i have to thank video games for this because you know in video games you have to be able to like view everything that's going on and make a quick decision and i feel like i, I feel like video games kind of train me for like that scenario especially because i play a lot of games that are like you know make do this and make a quick decision you know if if you want to score or something like that well anyways i look i look in my rear view mirror and i see the cars that are behind me and then i look to my left and i look at the oncoming traffic and i saw that there was no cars coming and i say to myself okay if i can keep trying to like tap the pedal in hopes that it grips 
I'm going to eventually like end up hitting this car, the car in front of me and possibly causing like a whole bunch of car, like, uh, what do they, what do they call it? Polyps? Like, like, uh, but car polyps basically. And, but if I go into the left lane and there's no oncoming traffic, like there's a potential chance I might, you know, go if like fall into a ditch or something. Uh, but I should be able to avoid like hitting a, another car. And so quickly, boom, I turn my steering wheel to the left. I barely, barely miss hitting this car. Like I nicked it at the uh like the back right tail light of my car and it sent my car spinning. So boom, I'm spinning in this other lane. And but thankfully like it stops and I don't fall in the ditch. And the lady gets out of a car and it's raining and everything. And she's rushing. And, you know, she was just the sweetest woman could be. And, uh, you know, I'm panicking. Like, I'm so sorry because my whole thing is like, I was just, I didn't want nobody else to get hurt. Like I was really afraid of hurting somebody else, you know, get somebody else injured. So I was just asking the lady, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And so we exchanged insurance information, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, it was even though it was a bad it was a, a a bad experience for me it could have been much worse if i wasn't able to deal with an anomaly in such a short period of time like that so yeah and and now so if you're wondering like what happened with the guy at the studio um this is also like kind of an anomaly situation too the dude actually had a heart attack and he died in the studio like he had been in the studio for weeks and nobody knew that he was there. And uh, because his like uh, place was like really like secured and he had like all this like, um, I don't know, it was like, like he had a really like dope setup, and, you know, like he had to pretty much buzz you in in order for you to like come in. But so that was, <laughs> that was a crazy situation. Like, I was like, dang, like, okay, like I can't, I can't feel bad about that situation now because, you know, the whole, the dude passed away. And it was unfortunate because like, he had a lot of experience and I I was I wanted to learn uh from him as well. But yeah, crazy stuff, y'all. Crazy, crazy stuff. But hey, uh, if you are our DSP listeners, that is the end of this episode and season. We will be returning back in a couple of weeks for the fall 2022, uh fall 2022 anime season. Um, and you know, hey, if you are watching on our YouTube, Twitch, our Facebook live stream pages, stick around. Uh, we will be discussing, uh, you know, pretty much the fall 2022 animes that we're potentially looking at. Uh, and so your uh, opinions, you know, we definitely consider them because we might take that and uh, say, hey, like, let's check this out. Uh, and we also will be looking at the tier list for our summer 2022 anime list. So I'll be, you know, pretty much be telling y'all, hey, these are the animes that y'all absolutely positively should watch that we covered and the ones that are something you should put in your queue and others that you should just skip altogether. Uh, it's not worth your time at all.